Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the burner, less lethal pistol launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Day number 235. Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll-free, it's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Now, the issue of energy independence, it is critical. That was something that was inherited by Joe Biden and his administration. You know, the the nonchalant comments, out-of-touch comments, I would argue, of, you know, the man with all the experience, former mayor of South Bend, Pete Buttigieg, well, just just go out and get a, an electric car. They'll save you a fortune. Okay, who's going to get the sixty thousand dollars a year uh, when Americans are, are gulping water now because of a forty-year inflation high and the highest gas prices we've ever had? And then him going out and saying, "Well, unless we get uh, green energy sources, you're forever pretty much going to be paying high gas prices." And then Jennifer Granholm just saying, echoing the same sentiment, and that's on top of her. The ridiculous laugh that we played ad nauseum on this program. Uh, Never thought we'd live in a time where we have all of these natural resources, oil, coal, natural gas, hundreds of years worth of supply where we can be independent. And yet we have a president that has decided to take the route of making the most horrific, dangerous deal with Iranian mullahs that chant death to America that will free up tens of billions of dollars, allow the Russians to build a nuclear facility inside of Iran, uh, which helps Vladimir Putin on top of letting Vladimir Putin in the middle of a war broker this deal is insanity, sucking up to Maduro and the Venezuelans, which will only make Venezuela, Iran and Russia rich again, like Western Europe has been doing. And, and we are more dependent than ever on foreign sources of energy and keep getting rejected by OPEC nations, many of whom don't like us. I mean, you you can't make up this insanity. Anyway, so, you know, this comes up 
unfortunately, all too often. Let me play Jennifer Granholm pushing electric vehicles to break the reliance on fossil fuels. Electric vehicles can help break our reliance on fossil fuels so that we don't have to do that again. They can shield American families from the boom and bust of these high gas prices. And they can certainly negate the ability of other countries to determine whether it's ours or other, co- other countries' citizens' paychecks being spent on fuel for vehicles. By the way, where do you get the energy to charge the batteries for the electric vehicles? Just a thought nobody's ever told me. I'm not just like nobody can answer the question. What what difference does it make to beautiful Mother Earth? And I think we should be good stewards of God's gifts. Uh, if we drove for oil in the Middle East or in Venezuela or in Iran or in Russia or in the United States, doesn't it have the same impact environmentally? Just the, none of this makes any sense. Anyway, Dr. Oz, Republican Senate candidate uh, for the great state, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, is with us. Um, you have been spending a lot of time, and we talk privately. I'm, I'm supporting your candidacy because I know you're an American first conservative. Uh, and people ask me, how do you know, Hannity? I said, because I'm friends and we talk at length for hours. And, and I know where your heart is. Anyway. And then that's why I'm proudly supporting you. You've been talking to all of these leaders in the energy sector. You spent a lot of time with Rick Perry, who endorsed you. And you understand what this means, not only for Pennsylvania, but for the entire world. It's an ideology. You said it perfectly. The Green New Deal alters what they're kneeling at. When Yellen speaks about you know, being able to grow the economy and invest in non-fossil fuels, people should understand that funding entities, banks, and private equity groups, they don't want to give money to natural gas producers, to oil producers in America. It looks like a stain. They're sort of embarrassed. They're ashamed. And they're not brave enough to do the right thing. So last week when we had the big oil and natural gas summit here, uh, Rick Perry, God bless him, came and endorsed. But Harold Hamm was also here. Harold Hamm is the father of American energy innovation. He was the one who developed lateral drilling and built the infrastructure of what today has allowed our country to, to become energy dependent dominant if we wanted. It was energy independent under President Trump. It no longer is. Uh, Toby Rice, the biggest natural gas producer here in Pennsylvania. These guys don't need to work harder. They've done well in life. They are ashamed by our government's inability to understand what they're saying and not even answer their phone calls. When the father of the business calls Biden and no one calls him back, not even a lowly middle-level bureaucrat, it sends a message, a chilling one, through the energy sector that, that you don't care. What we need is an Operation Warp Speed for U.S. energy. And if I can digress for one second, your interview last night with Sean Penn was spectacular. And I think I, just watching it and you know, having hosted my share of shows, witnessing the dynamic, a man who did not trust you came to trust you because what he realized was he, well, wait, he didn't fully admit that part, but he said I kept my word, which was that I, I really just wanted to have a, a real dialogue on Ukraine. That's the first step in trust, Sean. He did not That's leave true. there saying, oh, I was right, he wasn't trustworthy. He, you know, he, he wanted to believe, and I think I, I know why, because he's seen firsthand the pain, the anguish of people who care about caring but don't care about fixing. When we send them, you know, there's nice Valentine cards to, to Ukraine saying we're going to be there for you, and then we're not. When we don't arm them, when we should, when we don't make the brave decisions for the environment to protect our children, which, by the way, means using natural gas. Because to your point, the electric cars aren't made by themselves. You need 
coal to make the steel. You need natural gas and oil and other sources of energy, which are the dominant dependable ones. But no one's willing to say that in public. The humanitarian thing to do is to provide natural gas and other sources of clean energy, because ours is cleaner than anybody else's, because we have rules and regulations that manage it. But if you send any business person into the, the wilds of a, of a drilling opportunity and tell them, you know, after you put in a couple hundred million dollars, a middle-level unelected bureaucrat, the Tony Fauci equivalent of energy, can just one day fiat that you can't drill anymore, or an activist lawyer gets involved, or a bunch of people camp out in front of one of your pipelines and shut down all that investment, that's not a risk any person is going to take who's running an oil business. So guess what? We don't get natural gas and energy produced. And that's why the Ukraine's suffering. That's why Putin is controlling all the pieces. And the fact, reprehensibly, that you pointed to, that he's now negotiating with Iran on our behalf, which would free Iran to hurt our ally, Israel, the main democracy, the, the, the beacon of light in that part of the world, and we're not protecting them. We promised them we would. Well, I tell you, I think that's a very articulate point of view in terms of this. This is the reality. Solar, wind. I'm all I'm an all of the above guy. If you give me cheaper, cleaner energy uh, that's that's applicable, usable, uh, it, it could be life changing for the it can be world changing for that matter. Uh, because if you have cheap sources of energy, it's great. But right now, the facts, the reality is wind, solar are not there. They're not even close to being there. And the lifeblood of the world's economy is oil, gas, and coal. Um, the resources in your state alone, Pennsylvania, and you can even add West Virginia and, and Ohio and New York, for example, we have more natural gas resources that would supply this country with clean, with clean gas um, that literally could last just a minimum of 200 years based on estimates from the from the industry. Do you believe that to be true? How much could how much further could Pennsylvania go? Could we help provide all of NATO's needs, Western European uh, ally countries needs? We, we the 200 year number is absolutely correct. That's a massive amount of natural gas. One well. And I visited all through the Commonwealth, these different, but uh, Alcara is a big natural gas producer in the northeast part. One of their wells, just one, could power the entire city of Philadelphia. That's the massive amount of natural gas we have. And if we would actually allow, because the, the, it's our property, right, the, 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 the federal lands are our property, we own it as Americans. If we allowed our natural gas producers to access those lands as well, it would dramatically shift the balance. And that's one-third of all the, the, the energy we have in this country. Now, imagine this. We, we pipe it down to a liquid a natural gas facility, ship it across to our allies in, in Europe and other parts of the world. It combats energy prices, builds wonderful jobs here at home. But here's the bigger takeaway. If you really, really care about the planet, if you truly care about the environment, then listen to this. For 30 years running, we could do the equivalent of electrifying every car in America, putting a solar panel on every roof in America, and doubling wind energy production every year for 30 years if you just let us ship our natural gas overseas to the magnitude we can make it. But they won't, because here's the reality, Sean. The, 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 the altar of the Green New Deal that you mentioned at the top is really about seeing humans as a pestilence. We're a plague on the planet. Therefore, giving us things to do, like growing our cities, our communities, our farms, uh, using energy infrastructure wisely, that's not good because we're not good for the planet. That's what we have to push back upon. If humans are a force for good, if we're divinely created, inspired beings that have a divine light in us, 
then give us the tools to allow us to make the planet that much better. That's what human history has shown us. Why would it change now? And why would this theology become dominant in a Democratic Party? That's what we have to push back as a conservative, America first Republican. You know, I got to be honest, I don't think I could say that any better ever myself. What would it mean for the average person just in the state that you are looking to represent and serve Pennsylvania? Susquehanna Valley, which is one of these big energy-producing possible counties, their mean income has gone from, just because they started pumping a little gas, from $40,000 to $58,000. I'm talking about that's the mean income for the entire county, Sean. That's a 50% increase in income. Since they started fracking. Since, since they started pulling natural fracking is a very old idea. It's been around for a long time. It was a, it's the fracking when you actually make the lateral drills. You, you drill down, then you drill to the side. That has freed up so much natural gas with the fracking associated with it that the mean income is dramatically increased. Remember, this also funds charities, food banks, the theater. It builds vibrant communities. Instead, we have these deserts we create, and people are angry, Sean. They're, they're animated by the fact that they know we have the answers right under our feet. We have the answers to our own gas prices and to our national security and to our helping our allies and rescuing Ukrainians. And Biden doesn't want to do it because he's caught up in a false theology. Unbelievable. I want to go to the heart. I had a caller yesterday again, and uh, I should pull this call and send it to you. And, and asking me straight up, why am I supporting Dr. Oz? And my answer is, this interview is a perfect example of why. And having gotten to know you really well over the last number of years, um, I've, I've just come to find you as a common sense conservative and who's thought deeply about all of these issues. And and I look, with you, I look at you with admiration because you had one of the most successful syndicated daytime talk shows in history um the amount of money those shows generate is massive and you've decided to just give it all up and and because you you want to serve the people in your state of pennsylvania that that is um a pretty extraordinary decision i'm proud of it Uh, i i feel every day that more and more folks are hearing the deeper message of optimism that we have all the tools we need to be empowered to be the best we can ever be and if we just allow the average person living in pennsylvania in my case but for the entire country because you're speaking to everybody to to see that glimmer of hope then all of a sudden you know there's the shift in mindset becomes dramatic but yet we seem to message in part because of democratic leadership uh, that we that there's no agenda for prosperity All right, quick break. More with Dr. Oz. He's running for the Republican nomination for Senate in Pennsylvania. On the other side, then your calls, 800-941-SEAN, as we continue. All right, we continue with Republican Senate candidate Dr. Oz is with us from Pennsylvania. What is the America first conservative agenda for this country? Because you lay it out in every speech, and and this will be my last question. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life, because I believe it starts at conception. You protect it uh, through childhood. So you nurture children and don't put in their minds ideas that they're not ready to hear around sexuality and critical race theory. Then you train children uh, to be able to go off to higher education or career tech, uh, you know, really be able to work as soon as they get out of school. You teach them the value of building 
friendships and more importantly covenants about marriage and make children because we're not making enough in america be proud that we have a big future that's life but you got to be able to walk down the streets and be safe to do that you have to be able to have confidence that your country's protecting your borders for liberty for me it's about the first amendment which you and i practice daily and everyone else has the right to as well but also the second amendment because it protects the first amendment ted nugent by the way is you know is also endorsed uh, and, you know, he's very passionate about this and articulates it quite nice. And finally, the, you know, the, the pursuit of happiness, which is about not just capitalism, although that's a huge element, the freedom from regulations, the ability to do and live your dream, but also to, to allow your faith to sing, to be able to say what you see. And that is what has changed the most in America. When you have Walt Disney criticizing the people of Florida because they're considering a, a law that will protect their children, which I think is a wise thing for them to do, then all of a sudden you have corporate America teaming up with government, working with media. That's a totalitarian system. We don't want that in America. Pursuit of freedom means I have to be able to say what I say without fear of, of a penalty. And that's not true for many Americans anymore. Republicans must show up. Well, I got to tell you, this is the most important midterm election in my lifetime. And that is not hyperbole. This is an inflection point, a tipping point election. Dr. Oz, always love having you. Thank you for being with us. Senate candidate for the Republican nomination. Thanks, as always, for joining us. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break right back. Your call's on the other side. Straight ahead. A thermonuclear MMA assault on fake news. Hannity's on right now. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Got a ton of reaction. Most of it very positive. Some people didn't like that I had Sean Penn on, but I would say 95, 7% of people like the exchange, the back and forth, because it's not somebody I would ever agree with on any other political issue. Uh, but we talked, we had a discussion about Ukraine. Uh, he's very passionate about it, teared up a number of times. And it's, uh, anyway, it's got such a reaction. We're going to play the, some of it here, the highlights here. Then we'll get to the gubernatorial race in New York. Believe it or not, it's within the margin of error. And then we'll get to your calls also coming up at 800-941-SEAN. But let me play my interview with Sean Penn. Here with more is the award-winning actor, filmmaker, co-founder of CORE, his name is uh, actor Sean Penn. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate Thank it. Uh, I want to start this. Interview. So I'm, I made a phone call to you. I read that you were there. And the story interested me. Uh, if you were on this set 99 out of 100 times, we probably would be in full disagreement, right? No question about that. <laughs> All right. So I make the first phone call to you. I don't know if you remember. And I said, I'm interested in the work that you're doing and why you were there even before the war started and this documentary you're doing. Do you remember what you first said to me? I do. What'd you say? I said that I don't trust you. <laughs> Is there a reason you didn't trust me? Yeah, there's a lot of reasons I don't trust you, but my trust or your trust, you know, there's so many uh, people that don't trust their spouse. And yet we've got to get on with life and we've got a situation I've never felt this way about where our country is and what I experienced emotionally in Ukraine where it had not we all talk about how divisive things are how divided things are here but when you step into a country 
of such incredible unity, you realize what we've all been missing. And I don't think that we, I've got time to indulge my lack of trust, which it becomes a petty thing as people and babies are being vaporized. And that these people are fighting for the very dreams that are the aspiration of all of us Americans. And we talked about that too. We did. We, and we agreed on that. That there's well, that we've got to take their example we'll worry of solidarity. About, we'll worry about political disagreements. If you ever want to come back another day, you're always invited. Fair enough. Here's what I want to know. You were there in November of 2021. Mm. Okay. We really, we're not even talking about the real lead up to this conflict at, by that point. Right. Why were you there originally to do a documentary? What was it about Ukraine, or maybe it was about Zelensky that interested you? Well, I think I was uh, on a, in a better part of the population than most Americans in any, in any understanding of, of Ukraine. What was Ukraine? Who was Ukraine? Where was Ukraine? With the exception of a phone call between President Zelensky and President Trump that was made a lot of. And, and, uh, and the fact that President Zelensky had been a comedic actor who had played a character that then became the president and then became the president. We went initially to make a documentary that had a, a brought, would bring home a sense of Ukraine and of the, a profile of this president. But it wouldn't have been as interesting. And then you, the next thing you do is you see this buildup of Vladimir Putin on the eastern side of Ukraine. Right. You got, first we have 50,000 troops, then it's 100,000 troops and all the military equipment. And you're, you're chronicling all of this, mm -hmm. and you develop a relationship with Zelensky. Yeah. Tell us, as, as this was unfolding, a lot of the world didn't think that Putin would do it. I did think he would. You know, all the experts I talked to thought that he would. Most of the experts that, that were speaking out in the United States Intelligence Agency and, and others felt that he would. I'll tell you that to the last minute, I think the part of me, the part of me that would want to deny, be in denial of what that would mean. Uh, to Ukraine and ultimately to the world, uh, I, I thought, really, Does, is there an upside to this for him? But what I wasn't, you know, really savvy to was that I gather you, and uh, but but in particular, you know, well, so universally, the, the experts on the on Putin felt this was going to happen, and what didn't happen, therefore, were the preemptive sanctions on enough of a dramatic level before he was so deep in that the humiliation wasn't going to let it stop and that you weren't going to have the simplicity of negotiations for, for regions of the east or Mariupol to be able to make the bridge from Crimea and now it was going to be this full-on assault and here we are okay prior to Zelensky I didn't know a whole lot about Zelensky like a lot of people until the infamous phone call I still to this day think there was nothing to that phone call separate issue but he had taken Georgia. Putin had taken Georgia in 08. He annexed Crimea in 2014. He has shown a willingness to annex, take over land, showing his territorial ambitions. Mm. So you get there, you're interviewing Zelensky at this time. Did he see this coming? Did he believe that this was real? Well, it's interesting because we had, we had met initially on a Zoom call. Uh, the back, uh, oh, did you, God, did you trust him? 
a lot more I than was me. really interested <laughs> to see who he was. It's easy, yeah. And, 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 he, and I didn't have the baggage with him I have with you. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> what is the baggage? We'd never met before. Go oh, ahead. Well, actually, I have a, I have as a, a badge, television set. I, I, no, as a badge of honor in my house, I've got the full screen that I dominate as an em enemy of the state with you in foreground. <laughs> I don't remember. It's a ahead. true thing. So, but, he, but, but here's what happened: is that then because of COVID, once we had gotten, you know, a sense that he was very much considering giving us some kind of access and and, and spending some time with us. Uh, we were delayed, and we were delayed, and so then we went uh, back. We started in the shooting in November. We went to Mariupol to, on the front lines, and then we also were in Kiev and talking to, um, you know, musicians and, and to get a sense of the culture. But there was the, um, you know, the Wagner problem that was going on at the time, and so the administration was very so we couldn't see him. We came back, and then this thing really escalated. So then we went, I think we got there, I don't know, roughly a week before the invasion. And we met him, I met him face to face for the first time, the day before the invasion. And then spent time with him, in, which we document in the film, on, during the invasion, on the day of the invasion. And I don't know that there's a person on earth who, who could know that they were born for such a day, that they could rise to it. I want to make sure we're so on the I same saw, page. When yeah. you say invasion, was this him taking the two region, Donbass, Donbass, et cetera, or? Well, there were also rockets coming in. This is also when they, this is when they took the airport 15 right. clicks out of right. uh, Kiev. So it, 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 was, it was game on. And so to, in him, I saw something that I've never seen before uh, in my lifetime. Um, that, like I said, having seen him, yes, prepared for it. Yes, hoping against hope it would not happen. But a man who'd not yet been challenged with it's happening. And the next day I saw something that is a man, but it's a man with the adrenalized, he's the face of something that you see in all the Ukrainians we saw and talked to, whether they were in uniform, out of uniform, school teachers, even children, this extraordinary courage that's come up. And he was, he, it was in his eyes. And it is clear to me that the Ukrainians will win this. The question is, at what cost? And so one of the things we're not seeing, we're not seeing by any scale, UN organizations, Operating, they can. We're also talking a lot of. They talk about security for aid and supplies being resourced to civilians and to military. And for civilians, in many cases, up armored, you know, armored vests are important. So, one of the things I want to say just about what it is being there is that, of course, there are risks in a conflict zone, but it is not what we picture so often about a bunch of here we come to save the day foreigners. You take one car and one truck of supplies to that border, give that truck and those supplies to Ukrainians who aren't gonna leave if you ask them to and are going to be at risk with or without our help. So we might as well give them the help. They'll bring the supplies so to where they've gotta go. What, how is that any different than I'm saying? Supply the drones, supply the javelins, Supply the stingers because I'm not talking about anybody's doctrine the that anti got us into a okay, lot of no, other no. crap. The the anti missile systems they need, the yeah. defense systems, the the anti military uh, aircraft systems. Hang oh, on, yeah, I agree. And I would give them the MIGs. 
Yeah. So we're in agreement. Uh, we uh, we absolutely agree. And fight that. the war to win it. And that means right. to beat defeat Russia or and let them fight it to win it because they will. But, well, that's what I'm the saying. Truth, let the yeah. Ukrainians yeah. fight themselves. We agree. The only thing we talked about, the only thing we felt, was the deepest sense of heartbreak. First for the Ukrainians who were going to fight, be maimed, be injured, be in a, a war of attrition. But very quickly, I thought, this one, this one, my children are going to feel if this thing is not one. They're going to feel it in tangible ways in their life. Our, our children in America. This is, you and I can argue all day, but I look at you and I think you believe in this country in your way. I believe it in, in mine. 100%. And I think it's at risk because the great dream of it, the aspiration of it, with all its diversity, because Ukrainians, with all their unity, they got a lot of diverse thought over there, too. Mm -hmm. I think we're really at risk if we let the greatest, most historic in our lifetime fight for democracy against a gigantic superpower of a military intimidation. They've done amazingly well. And with what they've had, outmanned, outgunned. Yeah, so that's what I felt from my time there. I talked to the mayor of Kiev, who's the, the Mayor Klitschko, who former uh, world heavyweight champion. Yeah, uh, I wrote about him. This, is, this was in November. This was somebody who very well could have run against Zelensky in the next election and, and perhaps beaten him. Uh, we talked to a lot of people, and that seemed to be the consensus that this would be competitive. Uh, he didn't have a lot of um, uh, uh, praise for the president. T tonight, as we're sitting here, that same very powerful figure, uh, Klitschko, has enlisted in President Zelensky, that commander-in-chief's military. He's in, he's in the fight. So that tells you everything. I mean, this is leadership. We talk about leadership. We talk to leaders. Uh, no one on on the planet's been tested in leadership like you're, this you're, one human being. You're really emotional about this. Yeah. And I think the Ukrainians will win. Western Europe and America needs to supply them with the weaponry to win. That's and right. if they do, they'll be defeating, in my view, evil in our time. And that's following the Reagan doctrine and, frankly, the Trump doctrine, even though you don't care about doctrines. You know what the Hannity doctrine is? I'll give it to you quick. If you invade a sovereign country, you, do, you forfeit your right to lead a country and you forfeit your right to live. Meaning Vladimir Putin has forfeited his right to live. I, Last I, word. I, well, I think that what would be most interesting about that conversation is to ask those generals, uh, those military commanders in Russia who also have been sanctioned, whose children won't become the United States for their education or going to England for their education or a lot of other places. Um, if I am, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to invest in a conversation, not that I don't have it privately, about my feelings about what should, what direct action should happen to a leader who does that. Um, but if there is a God, there will be vengeance beyond all possible comprehension. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. This is quoted in a very famous book. Um, good luck with your work. I hope that this thing, war, this war ends soon, and I hope they are victorious, yeah. and I hope Putin gets put right back in the, the, the grave that he deserves to be in for doing this, um, and I hope it stops here. And 
That's you're, it. That's it. By the way, yes, we got to ask never ourselves do what it, happens but you if are Russia invited, wins. You, that's, a, that's, that, that's, a, that's a bad answer on the other side. You're invited to come back and talk. You'll never talk politics with me on this show, will you? I don't know because I think we're in a different time, and we all have we we all we, we all got to figure out something to talk do, do to each other. Do you trust me now more than you did? Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm, I, you know, I'm not gonna weigh in on the Putin thing. No, no, you I'm, said you said Putin to me first. Words, I don't in. trust you. That's what you said to me. Let's, you, let's, do you trust me? Did I keep my word? You absolutely kept your word, and I. So and why I don't do, you trust me? We, you know what happens is, is, is that there's a lot of physical therapy necessary after a big car accident. <laughs> you don't get it all done in a day. All right. Um, I wish I, our prayers are with the innocent victims of this conflict. Yeah. They're dying. And I wish you luck. And the heroes who are fighting them. for them. But I, we'll come back. Next time we'll, we'll battle over Hugo Chavez or something fun. That's an interesting conversation. All right. All right. Seriously, thank you for being with us. Thank you. All right, we appreciate it. All right, that was from my interview with Sean Penn from last night on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. Uh, when we get back, uh, believe it or not, a poll just came out showing the gubernatorial race in New York between Kathy Hochul... Uh, who used to be lieutenant governor, took over for Andrew Cuomo, and Lee Zeldin, congressman, uh, is pretty much within the margin of error, dead even. I mean, this is a shocking poll. That is New York in play? I mean, looking at these numbers, I can I, I can make a great case that it is. We'll get to that. Your call's 800-941-SEAN as we continue. Our final roundup and information overload hour. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now it comes in black and two different camo patterns, and you can pick one up for three to four hundred bucks depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now Henry makes more than two hundred rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's HenryUSA.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, who's there for heroes or their families left behind when a service member or a first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless vets and who helps our nation to never forget 9-11-01? I'll tell you who. It's the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Now the foundation's gold star, fallen first responders, smart home and homeless veterans programs and the foundation's never forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrances all across America. Over 80 runs, walks, climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute. They're educating kids from kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep their vow to never forget. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. They're hoping all of us will donate $11 a month. Just go to their website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org, the letter T, number two, letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. 
Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream, they are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now, you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N.